You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back, all you handsome devils. Hour three of the show brought to you by Grey Wolf Golf Course. They've got... Speaking of handsome you, you devils. Know, here, here's the thing. You know what they've got? Par threes. Well, yeah. Cliffhanger. Six. Par fours. Oof. How about uh, number four down the hill? Par fives. <sighs> Which par five am I going with here? So, I mean, I, you, maybe you prefer the three to the five or the four to the five, whatever. There's, I don't mind ten, actually. I like ten. There's something there. Let it rip. For, grip and rip it. For everyone. Authentic Mountain Play in Pan- Panorama, B.C. Get it booked. The T-sheet's open online, greywolfgolf.com. Just do it already. Voted BC's number one public course by Score Golf. What, what, what more do I have to, like, jeez. They got beverages. They got a clubhouse. Here every day. Friendly pumping staff. The, pumping the tires Jurassic for these guys. Grey Wolf. Don't know what Go. else they can, like, what else do you people need me to do for you? I'm, I'm, I, can't, I, can't, I'm I don't not, have your credit card. I can't book it for you. I'm not buying it. Sorry. I'm not paying for but it. But you need to you. go. Figure it out. Figure it out. Now, I have, uh, you know, it was one of those things. Was at my uh, my kid's school yesterday, kind of a little parent-teacher oh, thing. Is that good? Or? Uh, it's, you know, it is what it is. Okay. But for me, it takes me back to just, I mean, you've seen me in here. When you guys start talking Fenwick, Corsi numbers. Oh, well, I saw your eyes close. The blank over, screen yeah. that comes up right across from you. Yeah, the... Uh, Walking hmm. into a uh, junior high yesterday just, just took me right back. The MS-DOS. There's yeah. no pictures. It's just numbers and shapes and... Yeah. What do they call that? The the spinning wheel of death. Spinning wheel of death. That's yeah. what's in my eyeballs. <laughs> Going back to like junior high, or high school. It's like, oh god, I remember this. Spent a lot of time here learning absolutely nothing. <laughs> Boy, there's a lot of angst in here. So then you come in. It's like, well, there's you know we can improve in this and this and, and that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't not school no. during, or the kid because I couldn't do it now. No. Oh, so what are you taking? Oh, we're taking uh, Aztec. This and that. Aztec. I have okay, great, yeah. Sorry, son. You're on your own. I gotta go watch. Uh, I gotta watch John Johnny Gaudreau score goals. How do I do that for a living, Dad? Yeah. Oh, well, please don't. Just yeah, don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, because now again to the blank screen. Frank Sarah Valley last segment was talking about the Boston Bruins and the Fenwick uh, hoop de do uh, percentage score adjusted score adjusted yeah. thing. Yeah. Boston number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody texted in. People are like, well, "What? Where are the Flames? Where are the Flames at?" Uh, Frank tells me fifth. Okay, so I don't. I, I'm going to take his work on. Word That's on a it, good though. spot to be. Kevin Woodley talks about similar stats as well that, that that correlate well with playoff success. But it's it's really not that like the, the, describing and explaining what the stats is 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 not easy. Whereas really, when if we're just going to boil it down, it's you want to do really well in terms of creating chances at the other team and not giving much on your own. Mm-hmm. And score adjusted, all that means is when it's three nothing, we don't really care what happens because the team up three zero isn't as trying as the. We're hard going, as the we're team going to change 3. our style of play. Yeah, as will you. Well, and it, look, if there's ten minutes left and you're up four, are you using your best players? Yesterday, third period, Flames up three to two. Kings outshoot the Flames ten to five. First period. Uh, outshot 13-6, second period. Yeah, now that game was within one goal the entire contest. So everything that happened last night would be score-adjusted data. Right. It's not outlier stuff. But when you get up, you know, 5 nothing on Vancouver 
and they storm back to make it 5-2 or whatever, you could probably throw all that out. It's not really indicative of the teams when they're playing to win. One team's protecting a 5-0 lead, the other team's trying not to get embarrassed at home. That's an example. So in tight games, how good are you at you know the nuts and bolts of the game, which is you know creating chances and getting shot attempts and pucks to the other team's net versus what comes at yours? Anything in there about being... Uh down 5 nothing at home, and then Jay Beagle punching other players in the face? Not that correlates to playoff success. That's, that's, I think it might correlate to draft lottery success, being that, down 5 nothing and punching people. That's orbital bone adjustment. Yeah, That's what that, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a category for that. I, it helps your chances of getting yeah. way up for Shane Wright. I know that. Ducks and Flames will play tomorrow. I wonder if Terry's going to play. His face is... Uh... Quite something. He looks like a horror character out of the like. Yeah, we Terry. Where's Terry? We're on the set. We're filming. Oh, he's still in makeup. Still, he's been in makeup for two. He looked like dude from oh. Batman there when yeah. in, the, in the dark night. What's that? Two Face or whatever. It's like what is the, it an acid burn? What's that? Come on now. Yeah, ducks are in a bad way. Got to win it. Well, and they sold at the deadline, and this was a little ahead of schedule anyway. And they've got some great young players. I think they've interestingly got a decision to make on John Gibson, despite a lot of term. Gibby. Like, there's just a little too much smoke around that for, for it not to be real, at least taking calls. Could you somehow fleece Ken Holland for okay. way too much? And you never, when a, when a new GM comes in, you just, you have no idea. No. And the one thing that was nice with Verbeek coming in is he told us what he was going to do. So if you're a UFA, I want to know what it's going to cost to sign you, or I'm going to trade you if, 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 if I don't know, or if I think it's too high. And he, he held to his word. He got a haul for Lindholm to Boston. They immediately re-upped him, clearly at a number that Anaheim was not comfortable re-upping him at. They trade Ricard Raquel to Pittsburgh. Delorier, you know, probably the most willing combatant in the NHL, goes to Minnesota. Like, they moved some things around there. Yeah. So are they, are, are they the team they were a month ago? Absolutely not. They're without a top pair defenseman, a top six winger, and their toughest forward. Yeah. Uh, from last night, Flames go into L.A. They get a goal early, 10 seconds in. Bit of a gift. Goudreau, his 33rd. Goudreau would add another in the second, his 34th. That holds up as the game winner. A, a game very much unlike what we saw here at the Dome last week. End to end. Mm. Uh, you talk north-south. Daryl was talking about north-south hockey. That's a lot of what it was last night. Uh, I was... Again, every game is so different, but there were a couple. The, the first goal by Kempe is off the rush. There was another play where Moore was, was on the back door, a great pass that he can't bank in. You go back to the game against St. Louis. It felt like they created off the rush what little they had until, I mean, you get to the third period, and then Thomas skates all the way in, pass to Walker in the slot. They score. I wondered, just, I, I, it felt noticeable last night between. There was the bad pinch by Zadorov that led to the Grundstrom shot that had he to be is a, a blocker. A stone fell down. Now, Goodbranson is not as heavy-footed as we thought, but it does make you think if even just with Shillington out, it changes things in a hurry, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think the third pair, you know, you were due to have some nights that weren't brilliant. They'd played, I think, over their skis in terms of, like, Look at both their careers and what they've done this year. They were due for a little bit of a correction, perhaps. Um, I still think they've been one of the better third pairs in the league. You've gotten way more than you thought from those two guys based on their track record. 
And yeah, Chris Tanev, that's that's a lot more heavy lifting when you don't have the fleet of foot player to your left that can skate his way out of trouble. And I've admired what Michael Stone's been able to do given how little he's played. What were you, five games this year? Mm-hmm. But you're playing a really tough minutes if you're playing with Chris Tanev. That is not like, hey, come on in and play 11, right? Yeah, last night, 14-30 for Stone. Now, remember, this is also a game where uh, special teams, certainly the penalty kill played a lot. Uh, top minutes going to Good Branson. 20- he's on his offside, too, and I think that's probably even harder for Stone not to say he's been bad. I don't think he has been, but it's it's not as good as Shillington, or he would have been playing against Shillington when they were both mm. he- healthy. Good Branson, 23-21. Anderson, 21-15. Hannafin, 20 and a half. Wow. Uh, 20 minutes just north of 20 for Tanev. Now, Tanev and Good Branson both penalty kill there. Right. Um, but, yeah, for 23-21. That's got to be a season high. That's, that is a ton. Now, seven penalties will help you. Yeah, but. it'll do that. But I did uh, – I think I caught there, too. He had a stick caught in the, the Kings forward jersey there, and then he – it was essentially a pinch because he couldn't get free. Uh, get just get get well, Shillington. Just get well. Yeah, and n- didn't make the trip is what we heard to L.A. That doesn't mean he can't join them in San Jose or Anaheim, mm-hmm. but that's not. Th- there's more encouraging outcomes than that. He could have been on the trip. That would indicate he's closer, right? Um, we'll see. And I, Connor Mackey's still there. They sent Yusuf Alamaki back down yesterday after calling him up. Yeah. Connor Mackey's still there. They're playing a back-to-back. I'm not saying Michael Stone doesn't deserve to stay in, but what I am saying is you got two games and two nights and a young guy that I think everyone's curious what he'd look like, and mm-hmm. that skill set that he has as a left shot might be a puzzle piece that fits a little better with Tanner. We don't know until we see it. Yeah, it, you know what? It is It is that. There's two. There's the, the right, right shot, right side, that whole thing. There's also, uh, I would... I would be very comfortable saying that Daryl would have much more affinity for Michael Stone right now than he would for he, Connor Mackey. He has to this point. He was yeah. on the second team power play for a stretch there last night with that big booming shot of his. Mm. Um, but to your point, Stone has Stone has given you what you would expect out of him. Or more, and that's not yeah. to suggest we it's think not he's a going to the All-Star game, but it's that you imagine playing essentially once every month and a half and coming in to play the caliber of opponent that Chris Tanev lines up with every shift, right? D-zone starts, other teams' top lines. You're on the road. Whew, not easy work. I, I, I'm i impressed. And honestly, like, I thought three years ago, okay, like, we're in PTO territory. And we kind of were, but he's he's done an, an amazing job of staying at that level despite hardly playing for two years. Yeah. It's it, it it feels like, and we've seen it with Gibranson, you see it with Zadorov, you see it with Stone, that there's something about this style that Daryl employs that fits that type of a defense. Well, and Brett's always said it. He gives everyone a role. They know exactly what they're asked to do. I would think uh, keeping it simple, and if you got to ice the puck, that's better than a goal on our net. That might be a message that's relayed. Markstrom allows two in the first and then shuts things down the rest of the way. Made a couple of really good stops. Daryl talked afterwards about just about the penalty kill. And, I mean, you you need saves, right? You you got to get saves, which is also part of it. I didn't keep the clip. But what he basically said is when when you're in the late part of a third period, it's not just making the saves. It's keeping that rebound. Because mm-hmm. if there's a rebound and it's six on four, especially, yeah. you're going to be outnumbered somewhere and it could be just an easy tap in. 
So I think of the, the, the two good Branson blocks and the Tanev block. Both on that same sequence, right? And that was earlier in the third, but it was still like, wow. And good Branson was asked post-game, but he said, I'm just hoping the puck hits me. And you're like, that's pretty brave. Yeah. <laughs> like that is, that's a very thankless job. And I understand he, he gets politely compensated to be in the NHL, but there are guys that make a lot more money than Eric Bradson that are not hoping 90-mile-an-hour clappers hit them. That's a ballsy player. And by the way, uh, one game this year, more ice time. It was the 7-1 blowout loss in Vancouver where I think Daryl just said, Roll. we're rolling the depth here. Yeah. We're not going to overthink this. It was start number 55 on the season for Jacob Markstrom. So Vladar the rest of the way? Uh, that puts him third at this point in terms of goalie starts. Connor Hellebuck first with 58. UC Saros of Nashville, 57. Then Markstrom's 55. Demko Vasilevsky, 54. And some of those teams have played more games as well. So not one or two, so whatever. But it's mm-hmm. it's a thing. The reputation when he came to Calgary wasn't put him in the top five in minutes, absolute workhorse. It was a man. He just got Vesna votes in like a platoon's probably too strong, mm-hmm. but a pretty, I guess, moderate workload. Hey Dumas, I know you're uh, you're there. You're probably uh, mm-hmm. Candy Crush or whatever. <laughs> just uh, just a heads up, and I'm just gonna mm-hmm. pretend Ryan's not. I'm gonna your mouse here. Um, if something were to happen. Markstrom, I'll be off for the next ten days, two that, weeks. That, I, I do you know, two weeks. That's fair, just in case. Well, and you know what? I, I have kind of just gotten over the Cole Sillinger thing. Oh, are you here? So yeah, was, <laughs> you'll never get over. I'll be hearing about one. Cole Sillinger forever. Well, I mean, I know that you don't like it, but you also you really can't put up an argument against it. You oh, there's nothing. Me. I know no. you're with me. All you needed was one more Louis Domingue start, and you got Sillinger instead of the other guy who was going to be fine, but it's going to take a few years. But you never, I mean, hey, you never know. Maybe the guys in the room loved Louis Domingue, would have played so hard for him. That's though. what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he, well, I saw on his Twitter, he, uh, he's baking. He's into baking. Is that right? Not the pork kind, like baking uh, cakes and stuff. Not getting baked? I don't know. I don't know him well enough. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. yeah. A few guys probably, no question. Do you think the uh, Do you think the the Flames did what we did on our LA trip? Yes, yeah. The, as soon as they got onto the, the bus, the, they the went straight to the suitcase of gummies <laughs> and they went to Dodger Stadium, the dispensary. Do you think they did that? <laughs> I, I think people hear that and they're like, "You guys are maniacs." What would these clients think when it was like, "No, no, 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 we're along for the ride with them." One hundred percent. Like. It's like having the reins on a Clydesdale here. We're just hanging on for dear life. This is not us leading. <laughs> Literally, it's before true. the no, baggage carousel started turning, Dean. Yeah, they had. They had already scored. <laughs> they had the app on their phone for nearest place. Anyway, yeah, right. they we're on the tarmac, and it's like, yeah, oh, this guy might have to wait for me. <laughs> Probably don't need to get yeah, too says far into it, but yeah, yeah whatever, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, just do. Marks from third in minutes, time on ice in the NHL this year, behind only Hellebuck and Sorrow. Similar to starts. There you go. Guy loves to play. That's what you want, Ryan. You want guys that want to be there, that want to play. I want guys that are going to be their best in May. So if it can be all the above, all that's right. great. Vladar, would, you would think, would play something in this next yeah. two and two. And, the, and they've had trouble with San Jose, and they've eked out some close games with Anaheim. I don't know if that means anything to Daryl or not. The, the other thing is, if, if you wanted to get a little breather for Markstrom, could you use Vladar for both? Hmm. 
Of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, we really can't write anything off with Daryl and the, and the goalies. No. That's just when you think you know what he's doing, it's, oh, this guy's going to play both halves of the back-to-back. Oh, all three of the three and four in three different – okay. And then you watch last night. You needed Markstrom. Well, and then after 20, you're like, you needed Vladar. And then after 60, you're like, yeah, Markstrom might have been the guy. I mean, it's, it's, a, cruel, it's a cruel position. An eighth of an inch changes your how everyone feels about you. Oh, that was posting out, not posting. We won't talk about that tomorrow. Andrew Majapani fighting it a little bit right now. I thought he was good last night. He had a great pass to Backlund. If Backlund could just put that in, there's a point. But in terms of goal scoring for Majapani, he's in a bit of a rut. And I'm not looking for it to be a shot. But um, we heard about how this is Sutter talking about last night. He was asked, boy, the top line does it for you again. And he was quickly complimentary to the depth, at least in his top nine. You know, we had a lot of chances tonight. Tyler had two or three. You know, those are, those are just him and the goalie. You know, other than manager, I think our goal scorers are getting chances. And he's, and he's still creating and he's still hounding pucks hard. I like his game. They just need a little more puck luck that line. So I don't know if that's a shot or if that's just an accurate observation. Other than Mange, our guys are getting chances. And Coleman, Backland, uh, Dubé's had chances. Dude, I like Dubé a lot. Rizicka's interesting. It was only one. It's his first game back. Well, who knows? I, um, I think you saw last night why Daryl... Is, yeah, he's up and down. It's and last been the night, since his draft year. Last night was, you know, it was forechecking, be on the puck, move it north-south, which isn't really his thing yet. And and emotion, playing with emotion, playing with a little bit of jam. Haven't seen much of that out of Rzichka yet either. But get in, kid. Cause so what other option do they have up front? I guess if Yarn Croak is healthy, that's the easy swap there. It's that non-COVID illness. Definitely non-COVID. Yeah. Um, Which is good, right? I, sure. I mean, I don't know what he's dealing with. You'd hope one game and uh, is it, but it was two, and there they go tomorrow in Anaheim. Maybe it was um, bad Indian food. I don't know. Maybe dude. he's hurt yeah. feelings. He's misses. I don't think uh, Seattle. No, I don't. No. He's got that seasonal depression where he doesn't see the sun. He should love it here. Lots of sun here versus Seattle this time here. So goalless in nine for Manjapani, one in ten. One goal in his last 16 games. And and he had what, like 15 in his first 17 games on the road? Like it, it all evens out over. Yeah. He's, he's going to have a 30 goal a year. No, is he, he's, he's at 30 now. That's incredible. Four points in his last 16 games. So it's the offense from what you've seen out of him has dried up a little bit here, which uh, people on the text line, fans will tell you, it's good for negotiation. It's good. Just calm yourself down. So you take the money that you would have had to have given to Madge Panny, just slide it over to Johnny. It all balances out. Five shots against Colorado. I rarely have a problem with them. You'd I love don't them have a problem at all. You've been, in puck these, you've been in these one-goal games, and one goal means a lot. But like, like you say, if that, if that pass doesn't jump on Backland and he sets up that goal, that, the, the game feels a lot different. If all guys contributed while they were in a scoring drought like he does – You'd be in really good shape. That's a good point. You don't worry about the motor. See him every night. Yep. And yeah. I marvel at how many interactions he gets into where he's completely overmatched in size. He does he continues to do it. Yeah. It's like he's either really dumb or he's incredibly brave. I I I watch and I'm like, wow, he knows that's not gonna go well. He still went zero hesitation right in there. 
And a lot of times, you're like, how do you come up with that puck? Are you kidding me? I wonder, too, for a young guy. Now, he's got 30 goals. And you get, you get to 30, and then you stall out. I wonder if that gets into your head a little bit. Or if you know it's this this was my big breakthrough. I was going to cash in. Now I'm he's struggling. 30 goals. But you know what I mean, right? It's like, this was, this was my year. I was going to crush it. Well, you are. Yeah, but one goal in my last 14 games, it's... I, I would just wonder for a young guy if there's that mental side of it. I don't know. I, I, he looks like the exact same player, just not getting bounces, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm fine with him. I dig him. Sign him. Sign Johnny. Get two for one. They're both kind of similar chuck. in stat. You know, they're both kind of under under six feet. So he'll take the Johnny money? Is that just what you're slide, you know, just put them all together. Just kind of a combo deal, right? This is your math again. I don't know that that makes no, any sense. No. Uh, we'll break here and we'll come back with our MLB insider. He's a, well, I mean, who knows what Adnan Verk wants to talk about. He's a about. life insider, Dean. Proud Canadian. Things happening in the NFL. So here's the thing. Everyone in the USA yesterday was not watching the, the Kings and Flames. It was a uh, amateur basketball game. That would be a massive, like, mm-hmm. don't, you know, yeah, yeah. That's going to be like the talking point for him today in that country. I heard there was some, uh, someone had uh, tar in their heel or something. Was that mm. on the court? Is that, uh, was that, I don't know yeah, if there was an injury New Orleans, or what. weird, huh? I think they'd do better in that stadium. They renovated it, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, I don't know. And there was a J, a blue J, and a hawk. We'll ask uh, Adnan about it, among other things. And we'll take your texts as we'll do some what you want to talk about. All coming up, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, Calgary. Hour three rolls on. It is Boomer and Pinder here in the downtown studios. Flames talk coming up at the top of the hour. Flames last night, victorious on the road, kicking off that four-game trip. Johnny Gaudreau, 34 goals on the year, fourth overall in league scoring. Elias Lindholm hit the 60-point plateau. So they've got a few of those uh, kicking around now, too. That's, That's good to have, right, at this point. Now, some guys have quite a bit more than 60, but... Still, it's a thing. Our next guest, Cinephile Podcast, MLB Network, NHL Network. Uh, the business card is is a big one for uh, for Adnan Verk. What's happening, Verk? Boomer, I'm doing great, man. Uh, God, I really enjoyed the March Madness. Uh, I thought it was a great tournament, particularly the last two games. And opening day, just two days away. I, I still, I'm kind of in shock, to be honest with you guys, because I was riding the, the highs and lows of this lockout. I'm like, oh, God, it's awful. So I've I'm still kind of in shock that it's going to happen, so I can't wait. Yankees, Red Sox, 1 o'clock Eastern. That's a good way to start it. That's uh, They'll get the heart rate going, right? Oh, no question about it. I mean, especially living in this area, obviously, I have all these diehard Yankee fans like Brewer who are convinced the team is going to finish fourth in the American League East, and all the Red Sox fans don't believe much, but they think they're going to be third in the East. So everyone is picking the Blue Jays to win the division, and why not? I mean, 91 wins team a season ago. And you add Chapman, you add Gosman, you add Kikuchi. Obviously, you lose Robbie Ray, fine. Another year of the maturation of these great young stars and hopefully a healthy George Springer. So everyone around where I am says Jays, Rays, Red Sox, and then the Yankees. Thank heaven for the Orioles. 
I see. I feel like this all ties into them not spending as much that the Yankees fans are down on their confidence. Like this isn't a bad team. Some of the projection models have been winning the division. Yeah, I think, listen, when you look at a year ago, Ryan, I was at the numbers. If they're a 92 win team and I, and I look and I go, okay, they're starting pitching with Garrett Cole and Jordan Montgomery and Nestor Cortez. Like, you know, they've got some good pitchers, Jameson Tyler, of course, the Canadian. Um, and their rotation last year was pretty good. I mean, they, they held up well. Their bullpen was excellent, and it's the same. Again, Aroldis Chapman, Jonathan Lewiska, et cetera. It's their offense that a year ago was surprisingly not great. Like, it was very boomer bust. As usual, a lot of home runs, but their on-base was down, and, you know, batting average down, all that kind of stuff. So, to your point, when you look at those projections, if you talk yourself into, all right, Aaron Judge is a great player. If he stays healthy, he's great. Stan when healthy is very productive. LeMahieu has to bounce back. I mean, year two of a six-year contract, last year was a down year. Uh, Donaldson comes over, and I think that's the source of the Yankee frustration, Ryan, is everyone's going, wow, our big move is Josh Donaldson? Like, this guy is going to play maybe 70% of the games. He's a former MVP. He's in his mid-30s. This is our big move. But the Red Sox get Trevor Story. The Jays, as we mentioned, got their guys. The Twins signed Correa. The Rangers spent half a billion and signed Simeon and Seager. And we're looking at Josh Donaldson. But I think to your point, if you look at the collection of Yankee talent they already had, it's already pretty good. So Donaldson should be supplemental, and who knows if Brian Cashman, maybe he'll make a move or two as the season progresses. You look at the prognosticator. Everybody has the Dodgers. I mean, they spent yeah. their great, you know, hard to, uh, hard to debate. You forget, and I, I didn't until I looked earlier, that San Francisco actually, uh, actually won that division last year. You, you forget about that. I don't think that happens again. What are, I mean, San Diego is there as well. What are some of the surprises? Who, who's poised to, uh, to have a breakout kind of a season in the NL? Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Giants boom because everyone keeps talking about the Dodgers, and for good reason. I mean, this offense is loaded. It might be one of the best offenses we've ever seen. When Cody Bellinger, former MVP, is hitting eighth, you can be proud of the talent you have. Obviously, Freddie Freeman's great, but you got Trey Turner and Justin Turner. Will Smith is an underrated catcher, and I didn't even mention Mookie Betts yet. So, obviously, they are loaded, and we know that. But I'm with you that San Francisco will not go away quietly. Like, I don't expect another 107 wins, but it shouldn't be a 90 wins. Like, where are they losing 17 wins all of a sudden? Just because they lost Gossman, they're still going to be a really good team. The Padres, as you guys know, I love because of Tatis, but he's not going to be there for the first couple months, so they could be in some trouble. Although, one thing about San Diego, they've got about, like, nine starting pitchers. They just traded for Manaya from the Padres, and, like, if these guys hit and they actually perform well, the Padres should be good. They've still got you, Darvish, and Blake Snell, and Chris Paddock coming back from injury, and Clevenger coming back from injury. So they've got like seven or eight guys there who can definitely toss. Um, as far as the National League, you know, surprise teams, the Central to me is always fascinating because it's a very tough division to handicap because you think it's the Brewers. Their top three starters are outstanding. They've got the reigning signing award winner, Corbin Burns. You've got Woodruff and Peralta and Hayter, the best closer in the league. But their offense is really wonky. I mean, Christian Yelich had a terrible season last year. And he's just now beginning his gigantic contract. So they've got to get him figured out. Um, the East is interesting because you wouldn't have thought it's the Mets, but what a surprise. DeGrom is hurt. He's going to be out indefinitely. Scherzer may miss a start. So I know a lot of New York Mets fans are thinking, well, we're going to spend $300 million in the division, but, but not so fast because obviously their starters are already showing a little bit of uh, wear and tear. So Philly spent a lot of money. They got Cassianos. They got Schwarber. Their, their defense is pitiful, and their bullpen isn't much better, but they're going to try to outslug teams. So the NL, aside from the Dodgers, Boomer, there's a lot of interesting teams that I think will be in the mix. Uh, tell us about Julio Rodriguez, uh, the J-Rod show. Uh, he's going to break camp with the Mariners. They have the longest active playoff drought in the majors, and I think all pro sports in North America, which is crazy. 
Yeah, it's nuts. And I think the Mariners are poised to finally break through. I mean, listen, they were a win back at the Jays last year. And by the new playoff format, the Mariners would have been one game out. Obviously, the Jays would have made the playoffs this year. So if you say to yourself, well, they've already added Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. Those are two big-time bats in the Reds. Suarez didn't hit much. I mean, he was literally hitting around the Mendoza line. But it hit you 30 home runs. And Winker, I think, is a legit star. So like that, those two guys being out of Seattle's lineup, I think, are, are major additions and just the fact they have like a no nonsense bullpen, but it's really, really effective. And um, even though it's anonymous, they get lots of outs. And I think Jerry DePoto, one thing you know about him is he's going to make moves and he's going to want to try to trade guys where need be. So I think Seattle is a team, again, the AL West is really interesting. Houston now loses Correa. So clearly they should be weaker, but you're getting back Justin Verlander. So to me, they're still the favorite. The A's obviously fire sale. They're done. The Angels, who knows, because their pitching is still a mess. So I think the Mariners are poised to be the second-best team in that West, and I think that they will definitely challenge for a playoff spot. I think hopefully they'll end that drought because, as you said, Penn, the longest in uh, North American sports. It's about time the fans are in Seattle finally have something to cheer about. I feel like somebody should write a book about the Oakland Athletics. Just all, and I mean, we've seen the movie mm. Moneyball. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, what does it feel <laughs> like to be an A where you might have a good season without knowing that you have a good team but you know that they are going to sell things off every single year. You better win this year because you won't be any good next year. I just I don't know how you could have pride in playing for the team when it feels like they just don't have that commitment to win. And I guess it's there's a few yeah. teams. Same with the with the Pirates. It just Cleveland. feels like yeah, Florida. When are we? When are we going to go for it? And the answer is kind of never. Yeah, I kind of equate it to Boober. Like, if you have a bachelor friend who just he just dates for a few years and then eventually the girl dumps him. Like, it just he just can't fully commit. She can't commit to him. It's great for a little while, and then all of a sudden you're gonna press the reset button. Like that. That's what it is. There's just there's no commitment when it comes to these teams as far as long term commitment to winning. So the good news for the A's is this, and this is kind of shocking. The last five years they've averaged 96 wins a season. So it's not like if you're an A's and you don't have success. No, you have a great team year after year. Like, they're a legit awesome team. But what happens is, as you said, you deal all the guys. So there's no fan identification. Like, you say, okay, I love Matt Olson. Now they're going to trade him. I love Matt Chapman. Now they're going to trade him. So, you, you know, you know Montas going to get dealt at some point. Oh, okay, trade him. So you really do, as Jerry Seinfeld once said, you cheer for the laundry. Like, you're really just cheering for the logo because it's impossible to have long-term commitment to one player. And that's where... Like, I like what the Marlins did a few years ago, and at least they signed Stanton to that major deal. It's like, okay, we're going to keep removing parts and adding and trading, but if you want to go buy a jersey, hey, get the Stanton jersey because he's our guy. And then, of course, they traded him to the Yankees a couple of years later. So <laughs> I think these franchises have made it clear that they're just going to always be replenishing. And the good news for the A's is, again, you're going to mid-90 wins. Like, for the next year or two, they're going to be 75, 80 wins, maybe 70 wins. Okay. But you bet your bottom dollar two years from now, A's are going to win 90-plus, and they're going to be in the playoff mix. They're and closer to the Rays. Works for them. Now that you describe it, like, yeah. they're closer to the Rays. Like, as soon as guys have to get paid, they're like, well, that's inefficient. If I can get a guy doing this for league minimum, I'm not going to spend $20 million on it. Like, Simeon a year yeah. ago, Chapman and Olsen this year. Like, they're not going to be better this year. But to your point, this is what they do. They unload before it gets expensive, and they bring all these prospects in in return. It's Rays ball. Yeah. And the key, key thing is, Peter, they never really bought him out. Like those other teams you were mentioning, you know, the Pirates, the Orders, like those are horrible teams. Right? Like for, for three, four, five years, they're going to be in the bottom five worst. The A's, like, again, at worst this year, 
they're going to be a 70 win team. That's at worst, like 79 to okay, not great, but they're not going to be like a 60 win team. Like they're, they're still going to be okay at worst. And I, again, I wouldn't be shocked if they're 75, 80 wins. Like they'll, they'll be okay. Like they, they trade some pieces. Like you said, they bring those prospects along. They're better than you realize. And then in two years, bam, they're winning 90. So, I mean, if I had to be a fan of all these small market teams, would I rather pick the Orioles and the Pirates who are trying to reset? But for five years, my team stinks. And I have to hope that they get better. And there's no guarantee of that happening. They, I hope they'll spend, but they may not. I mean, I'll take the A's. Like you said, they just look for inefficiencies. They buy they're here and there. Like, they just haven't had the playoff success. Of course, that's their biggest issue. But you're right to draw the analogy closer to the Rays than those other teams who are really small market. Patty Dumas in the next room, he was, he was chiming in on the Eagles-Saints trade from yesterday. Oh, yeah. You, you, you kind of you need pen and paper to kind of figure it out, but we knew that the Eagles had all these first round picks. They trade a couple of them and get a uh, go down a couple of picks. Said sixteen and nineteen, they get back uh, eighteen, but they get a first rounder next year. And they, uh, are are you happy being an Eagles guy? Are you happy with the work that your team did yesterday? I was confused, but when I started reading, and like you said, I'm like I just saw eight different picks. I don't really understand what's happening. Can someone just give me the the, the, the explanation which you just did, so that was much easier. Thank you. Yeah. But, yeah, what I disseminated from it was rather than three mid-tier first-round picks, you trade one of the Saints, but you just, you're basically spreading your wealth. And now you've got two first-round picks this year, one of which not as higher because you're taking that Saints pick, but next year you have two first-round picks. And what it really matters uh, to I'm me is this. Some breaking oh, yeah. news. There we go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Internet. That's my yeah, so, so, no, That's okay. Mm. So uh, Jalen Hurts is the guy for now. But if he struggles this next season or doesn't prove that he's a starter, hey, next year's quarterback class is expected to be much stronger than this year. So they can go out and use those two first-round picks next year to draft a quarterback or package those two to move up and draft him in the top, whatever it is, right? So to me, the reason I like it is I'm not sold on Hurts being the starter, and nor are the Eagles, because basically they're spreading their wealth. Hey, we'll get two first-rounders rather than three this year, and there's a bunch of other stuff in there, sixth, fifth, whatever. I, I can't follow that stuff, but... Hey, I understand that you're spreading your wealth. I like it. I love all the teams that go in with a quarterback. Hey, he's our number one. This is our guy. Sort of. I mean, Tua, uh, sort of sort of our guy going into last year. Uh, Jalen Hurts says, sort of our guy. Trying to... Jimmy Garoppolo's still here. Like trying to buoy yeah. the, the spirits and the confidence of a young quarterback, but yet acting completely different with the the moves and the things that you do while you're on the field it's uh, it's fascinating i never know if it's boy or buoy you went with boy i'm gonna go with buoy but uh -huh. when it comes to booing the start of the franchise there's nothing worse or nothing perhaps funnier i should say than what cleveland was doing right because baker mayfield knew he wasn't the guy and it was so transparent he's like ah maybe you're kind of the guy no you know what you're definitely not the guy we're gonna go again to show what you know funny you're definitely history and i think it's What's happened at Boom, it's like with the quarterbacks, I feel like how it is with coaches. Like he's kind of our guy, like, eh, this guy's kind of walking the plank. Like the way coaches last two and a half, three seasons, they're getting that way with quarterbacks now, right? Before you draft a guy and go, he's our guy for five years. Like, eh, after two and a half years, we're getting the big yank out there. Let's get the cane and remove this guy. So the big one that you guys mentioned is Miami and Tua. Like I, I don't think they wanted to be their quarterback. I think they wanted Deshaun Watson. Their owner has been so public, Stephen Ross, the last year plus, he wanted Deshaun Watson. So I think that they go, listen, we got Tyreek Hill, who's an absolute stud, and he'll help Tua because he's great with yards after the catch, right? Tua's not great from long bombs, but, hey, quick intermediate pass, and then you add up the yak of Tyreek Hill. But that to one is to me, that I mean, Garoppolo, obviously, which Pinder mentioned, but everyone knows he's not going to be there long term. But 
I do think the two of Miami one is the most fascinating experiment because no more excuses now, okay? You've got great talent around you, really good defense. We've removed the coach. If Tua doesn't do it this year, if he does not put up or shut up, he's not going to be the guy there in South Florida. Kaepernick's not going to get a job here. I, I think he, he probably should have for the last five years, but like I, I'm, in, he's still trying to get back to the NFL. The people that clearly do not want to give him a job, never mind the merit. Like, well, how do you view all this? He had another little exhibition at what a Michigan game at halftime. Yeah, now it's a sideshow, Pinder. I'm with you. Like, if it was going to happen, and again, it should have happened. I mean, he, even at worst, if he was not capable of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. He certainly was good enough to be a backup. I mean, if we went through right now to all the backups in the NFL, you go, oh, my God, the last five years, how did Cap not at least have a job? But at this point, I could totally see a team saying, hey, it's been a while. Like, you've been out of the system. You don't know the rules on the playbook, et cetera. So I'm sure he still has some natural talent. But I'm with you. To me, now it almost feels like a bit of a sideshow. Like, now it might be a reach to picture him as a backup quarterback. Maybe he's a, a number three quarterback, or even then, it's going to be hard to find a job. So I – Listen, I give him credit because he stood up for his beliefs and what he felt was important. But as far as getting a job now, I would think it's slim. Be good, man. Did you get any more jobs this past week since we last talked to you or anything new? <laughs> you nailed down I'm any uh, World Cup gig. coverage or what? That's yeah. you got to get that lined know, up for the fall. It's so funny you guys said that. So I had a student from Ryerson, my alma mater there in downtown Toronto, who reached out and said, hey, I'm doing a paper about Canada and soccer. We'd love to have you on. Well, a few times I felt like I had to decline the assignment. I said, listen, I, I love the fact that Canada's in, but I'm not going to be your expert breaking down the X's and O's of this Canadian soccer team. So I'm learning now when to decline a job when you feel that you are not well-suited for it. How about that maturity and growth from me? There you go. Yeah, it's like between two ferns. Did you, you know you can say no to, uh, to projects. <laughs> so Dean's been saying no to everything for 15 years. What's I'm, taking you so long? I'm cornering the market in it. It's awesome. You should try it. At you guys now. leaving before puck drop at games where he's showing up. <laughs> listen, but, but listen, look at the happiness, like the satisfaction meter on Boot, right? Like he goes through the day with a smile on his face. You're not, you're not desperate for more work, That's right? But look, you, you figure it out. I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm charming. No doubt so about it. So happy. Yeah. Out of time, buddy. Have yourself a good week. Appreciate you. As always, fellas, you're the best. And good shout-out to Between Two Ferns. I'm going to go watch some episodes. There you go. Thanks, Adnan. Adnan Adnan Adverk, MLB Network, NHL Network, Cinephile Podcast. And, uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know about Jalen Hurts either, to be honest. I, I like what they're doing here. You, you, you're not committing to them long-term. You're buying another year to look and see what you have, and it's a crappy draft class for quarterbacks anyway. Just looking to see. Is there anything? Tonight, NHL scanning the uh, – we got uh, Nate McKinnon versus uh, Sidney Crosby. They're mm-hmm. both from the same uh, part of the world. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, Alaska? Yep. Uh, Jonathan Huberdo. And the Panthers host Toronto. Austin Matthews is on a 13-game point streak. 47 in this last 47. It's pretty decent. Ridiculous. Goals, not points. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Huberto, 97 points. You have a good night tonight? Two up on Johnny. You could hit uh, hit the 100-point plateau and become the first-ever Panther to do it. No that surprised Panther. me a little. No Panther has hit 100 points. I of thought the... Burry would have flirted because didn't he have 60 one year there? Of but the... Well, you may have had 60, 60 goals. Right. Why pass when I can shoot it like this? Fair. You, yeah. Have you seen me shoot the can puck? Can anyone keep up here? No. Okay, bye. So of the expansion teams that came in from 
Atlanta Thrashers, their first 100-point player was Marion Hosa in the short time that he spent there. How did he split a season somewhere? Anyway, Vinny LeCavier, not surprisingly, did it for Tampa Bay. Joe Thornton, San Jose. Danny Heatley, Ottawa. Paul Correa, Anaheim. Those are your Zero. first 100-point players for the new, the new franchises. Wow. And Huberto can become the first Panther. And Roman Yossi's going to do it, too. <laughs> it's fun on a year. Do you see the stars of the month? Yeah. Gaudreau, Bobrovsky, and you're like, oh, Roman Yossi here. What'd he do? Oh, 28 points this month. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. What? The uh, St. Louis Blues are going to be watching tonight. It's Minnesota versus Nashville. Nashville is six back of the Blues. This is a game in hand for them. You lose this one, Blues are going to be feeling pretty good about life. Pretty good about their spot in third. Yeah, it's looking more like a Nashville Calgary yeah, Nashville. setup or potentially even Dallas because Nashville, uh, they've been on a little bit of a slip here. Uh, what else? Leon takes his 50 goals. He needs four now to tie Austin. Can he get four wow. tonight in San Jose? It really, it's, it's Evander Kane coming home, Dean. Stop it. It really is. You're right. Montage? Nope. Uh, time for uh, what you want to talk about. Or out of time. Sorry. Uh, it's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe, your experts in automatic door service repairs and replacements. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. By the way, uh, uh, Burry had 58 and 59 goals in back-to-back years in Florida, 92 and 94 points as highs in uh, FLA. I see. Uh, Does Manjapani have the proper-sized bucket? It always seems crooked on his head. I don't know. Uh, uh, That's like the time you thought David Riddick was really fat. I've never thought to ask whether or not his helmet is the right size. I feel size. like I just trust the equipment people that everyone's in the right size gear. It is the NHL. Yeah, it's Depot. He's been doing this This forever. isn't like someone's older brother. Well, here, these shin pads are a little big, but you'll grow into them. I think it's, you know, I think it's because he has the hair. And I think he gets very sweaty up in there. And then it just kind of slides around. Like if he was to shave his head, you'd have more friction there, that bald head to the uh, inside of the, of the bucket. Get the moisture out a little more easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of talk on Edmonton Radio about adding John Gibson. Do it, says uh, Area Code 780. I mean, who could you say has been better this played net there in the last decade or two? Uh, the other side of the coin is why would Anaheim be getting rid of a guy in his prime that's cost-controlled for a long time? I don't know. So that's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. A little bit odd. But hey, if you're willing to roll the dice on a noted character human Vander Kane, you're probably okay with John Gibson. Guys, I'm way behind on the podcast. Two things. Is booze not the result of fermentation? Also, how the F does prune juice exist? Isn't a prune dehydrated apricot? Where is this juice coming Boy, from? You're really going to squeeze hard, I think. These are good questions. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a I good can't. point. Are you rehydrating the dehydrated fruit? I'm with them. Where is this juice coming from from prunes? They're dehydrated. I can, you know, I'm, I'm going to go on. I can tell you right this. I don't think I've ever had prune juice. That's probably a good move. It's fruit juice derived from dried plums. So it's not apricots. No, plums. It's plums. Prune. I've taken plum. it in the plums a few times. Haven't we all? Yeah. That's usually good for a laugh. Yeah. Right in the old plums. Um, 
What else we got here? Anything good? Trying to figure out why Anderson is on the first power play. He can't even shoot the puck. I don't know about that. I can't I, even shoot the puck. The guy that won the AHL hardest shot and was an all-star. That I think, guy. Hmm. I think he can shoot the puck. I would say shot selection. When to shoot puck? I'd like him to hit the net a little more, hit but he can net. shoot the puck. Yeah. That's what I would say. We'd hate to hit you with all these facts, um, but he can shoot the puck. I think he shoots it quite, you know, very hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you? I do. Uh, if you only knew what things were labeled in here, right? Oh, there we go. Because it was it was a natural. It took me a little while to find it because we're talking about, you know, the prune juice and stuff. And where does yeah. it come from? Yeah. Well, of course, it's uh, it's the juice from the. Uh, Need my audio there, uh, big fella, but... uh... (laughs) Really? (laughs) Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen with a light blue hue to them, fresh and juicy, ready for the picking. All the school children are lining up to put them in the sack lunches. Hey, that plum looks good. Can I trade it for your Twinkie? No, these are my plums. I want to bite into that plum and let the juice spill down my chin. You know what I mean? So that's why I've not and probably won't have prune juice, if that's yeah, a fact. Yeah, uh, that's one good reason, I guess. I want to bite into that plum and let the juice spill down my chin. Nope. Balls. 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 The Harry Balls Government Center. The answer was ball. No balls. Hey, I prefer a place where my balls are returned prompt. My balls was hot. <laughs> what you want to talk about brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Do you own a pharmacy? Find out how Calgary Lock and Safe can retrofit your locks to meet the new mandates. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Uh, tomorrow is a game day for the Calgary Flames. They will be in Anaheim. We will <laughs> really uh, sink our teeth into that. And uh, you had to say sink your teeth. It, the, the, uh, yeah. Juice running down your chin. No, I wasn't going to, but you you the, did. But, you just uh, said sink your teeth. Juice spilled down my chin. Hmm. Good. See you tomorrow, buddies.